Hello and welcome to Connecting the Pieces, an Eastern Sector Development Team podcast focused on connecting, supporting and promoting good diversity, wellness and reablement approaches. My name is Dale Park and in this episode with my colleague Lisa Dean, we continue our conversation about reablement as we talk with Dee Chand, Assessment Coordinator from Arunda City Council Regional Assessment Team, to hear the perspectives, experiences and advice from a regional assessment service. Thanks for joining us today, Dee. In the first part of our discussion, Lisa and I discussed reablement and different definitions and experiences, but it'd be really great to get your definition and understanding of reablement from a regional assessment service perspective. Thank you for that, Dale. And reablement from an assessment perspective is really about is this person's needs going to be met short term? Can we assist in that with the process of making several referrals or just one? And to make that happen for the individual. So can it happen is the question we first and foremost need to focus on as assessment. And then how? So is it domestic assistance? Is it swimming? Is it physio? Is it uh, transport? What is it in the broad perspective that we can do to help the individual? Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, Dee. In our last episode, Lisa talked about the importance of client motivation in a reablement episode. Can you describe what this looks like in a practical sense? And what's the process for determining the suitability of a client for reablement? Practically speaking, within the NSAF, when you uh, complete the NSAF, it literally asks you, is the client motivated and score from one to 10? And you have to be, you know, somewhat honest because that gives the uh, service provider an inkling because sometimes we do have clients whose children say, no, mum, no, dad, let's try this, let's do this, let's give it a go. So that motivation component is very important from the client's perspective but also asking uh, in a positive way what can be achieved. So looking at the end goal. So if she or he can be uh, re-able to catch public transport, what can you do with that? It's it's open-ended. They can go to GPs, they can go to friends' houses, social support groups, children or you know, any anything that they want to do, religious organizations, they can get there. So it's about that independence and flipping it from you are, it's a negative connotation that we need to fix you, we need to rehab you, to re-able you, to make it positive, look at the future. If we, if we can get you to this part, what is the next step? So that's very um, related to motivation and inspires the individual to participate in, in the process. Yeah, that sounds really good, Dee. What... What are some of the strategies that you might use to motivate someone to think in that way? It's not done at a single conversation as an assessment officer. It is done throughout the assessment process. It's a holistic assessment. So, yes, there are questions like how do you do your shopping? How do you get there? How do you get to IGA or Woolworths or whatever it is? 
And then the assessor is thinking in the back of their mind, okay, they said that they struggle, we'll retouch on that, we'll retouch when it talks about transport, we'll link that in, well, if you can make it or if we can make a referral, we can get you organised to get to here, you can get to this place, you can now do that. So the conversations and strategies is about positive reinforcement. It's about positive open-ended questions and language used with the client, but it's also about being realistic. You are not going to succeed if the client is in a negative space and that is not your or their goal. If their goal is just to get better, they're not interested. So the buy-in, you need the buy-in strategy and then you need the language so that it stays with them by the time service get involved. That's, I think that's a really great um, description that you've provided there. And it really, I think, sets the, the scene well. One of the things that we're really committed to through our work and especially through this podcast of connecting the pieces is to think about how diversity, wellness and reablement are interconnected and need to be done uh, collaboratively and, and supportively. And I'm often drawn to the idea of thinking about motivation and a client's diversity. And if we're really to understand who that client is and what motivates them, we need to create a safe space where they can tell us who they are, but also then actually be alert to their diverse needs, their preferences and things like that. Is that something that you've had experience of or that you see? Yes. So we, as you know, need to provide a holistic assessment, no matter who the client is. Even if you saw them last year or the year before, it's a whole new assessment. You treat it as if it's a new assessment because there's a new need. And with that goal, the assessment officer, it, it, you're right, language, safe space and motivation, the buy-in from the client. So the diversity is in all forms. Dale and I spoke earlier about um, ageism, I suppose, and the idea from both an assessment perspective and a service provider perspective, but also a client's perspectives around ageism. What kind of mindset do you think assessors need in order to work in the reablement space when we think about older people? I think you need to not have a mindset. You need to go in blank. You don't know what you will encounter. And it doesn't matter that you saw this client yesterday or last month or last year. Things change. Motivations change. Language, environment, circumstances change. So you need to go in with a blank slate. And I encourage that with all assessors that ageism is so hidden you probably don't realise you're doing it. And what someone can and can't do is their own. We are not there to impose on you and say, oh, well, Mrs Smith down the street that I assessed last week can catch the bus. Why can't you? That's not the attitude at all, not that I've ever encountered it, but at all that is um, required by assessment officers. So a blank slate to yeah. any diversity issues or ageism issues. Yeah, I think that's a, a really nice approach. We don't 
want to be, you know, it reminds us about the value of going in and not having preconceived ideas or making assumptions, you know, based on people's age or circumstance, whether that be a health condition or, you know, a particular diversity characteristic. Does that also really help you get to the heart of what someone's motivation is and what's really going to drive them? Yes. As all the theory will tell you to go in with a blank slate, don't be judgmental, don't be ageist, don't be racist, don't be politically incorrect, all of that stuff, don't be anything. However, we read the referral, right? We, we want to get an idea of who that person is and how to approach it, etc. And then we go in and, for example, you know, if a client is palliative, you don't you change the language, you change your questions, you change your approach. If the client, um, if there's an interpreter and a daughter-in-law and the husband and the dog and the grandchild, you change the, <laughs> the environment and um, the language that you're using to get the assessment done, to extract what you really need, the core issues. Having said that, building a rapport is also very important. So yes, you go in with a blank slate and therefore they develop that rapport with you and they trust what you have to say. It's the trust building that builds the motivation to the buy-in so that they will accept your services and your recommendations. And the motivation component is, uh, is an onion. Motivation is an onion. You have your mental health motivation. Will I get up this morning and open the door for that service provider? Then you have your physical motivation. I will walk to the letterbox and get the newspaper. That will be my thing that I do today. Or it's um, the relationship motivation. So no, I will tell my daughter that I do not want domestic assistance. I do not want strangers in my house. I can do it. You know, so it's about peeling that onion and seeing how we can extract that motivation and what is important. You don't want domestic assistance? Fine. We may offer personal alarm services because, you know, we don't have people coming and going from your home. We can't ascertain if you'll be okay. So it's providing and thinking broadly for that client and their needs. Dee, I'm interested in hearing about some of the opportunities that you may have identified for reablement referrals, perhaps through Maroondah City Council, for example. Maroondah City Council has several in-house programs, for example, Buried in Treasures and um, the Hoarding and Squalor, which means that they're outside of my age care. And having said that, uh, we would get an assessor, assessment, sorry, and we would then assess the client and they would say things like, you know, I, I keep things for a long time. So you, you pick up on those cues. Or if we were doing face-to-face, -face, you would notice the hoarding and squalor. <laughs> or local laws have come up and said, look, there's a referral because there's pests and health issues, et cetera. So then we would get them into a program and that is a huge reablement benefit because it's even about understanding the trauma that leads to hoarding and squalor, which then if addressed, they are able to throw away one bag. Even just that one step of one bag makes such a huge difference to that person living in those circumstances. So that's a really big, broad 
uh, reablement that we have done. And we have several clients who are part of Buried in Treasures programs and Less is More program, et cetera. Another component of uh, reablement is called Good Food for Me program, which is run by the Occupational Therapy Department. And they teach people how to make better choices, which in turn helps with nutrition, function, uh, fatigue, balance, and ease of access to healthy options. So cooking for one is extremely difficult when you are used to cooking for two or more people, or just you've lost the ability to make better choices. And this is highlighting what choices you can make. So that's a huge reablement factor as well. That is not necessarily your generic physio and social support and transport reablement examples. They're really great examples, Dee, of reablement services. We know that there's a whole service system out there and it's great to know that RAS are looking more broadly at the full range of opportunities that might meet the needs of clients, whether they be in CHSP or not. Assessment officers have to look more broadly because unfortunately at this point in time, the My Age Care system doesn't cater for a broad range of specialisations or services uh, within Victoria, at least. I understand, obviously, if you're in the Northern Territory or Central Desert or something like that, there's different services available and programs. But um, yeah, so that is one factor. And I hope that as my age care evolves, that more specialisations are able to be added and referred and used that way. Right, yes. And you mentioned earlier about physiotherapy and occupational therapy and in particular the work being done through Maroondah City Council. What are some of the other kind of typical examples of referrals for reablement that we might see for those allied health services? Sure. So there's a lot of uh, strength building, falls and balance. There's a lot of um, early onset memory loss that can be addressed as well. So it's about linking and doing physical activities to build your strength, build your routine uh, so that you are able to brush your teeth and take your medications. And that way, because of the routine, you are remembering to take your medications, uh, et cetera. So it's uh, the phys physiotherapy and those little programs that they provide are extremely beneficial. And regarding OT, so it's use of equipment to make life easier, mm -hmm. chopping boards, um, opening cans, walking appropriately, dressing is a huge factor. Uh, ladies struggle with putting their bra on. Um, so reteaching and relearning is a huge um, time consuming thing that needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, some really practical examples of how perhaps some short-term interventions can support people to just do day-to-day -day activities that some might take for granted. So Correct. great, that's, thank you. You obviously are making referrals, D to service providers. What advice would you give service providers when they're looking at delivering reablement services? Is there any particular advice that you might give them? I would suggest the 
people that are doing the most referrals. So wherever you get most your referrals from, whether it be from Marinda Raz or another outlet, et cetera, build a relationship. Build a relationship so that you can ask questions. Like, for example, if I've written something in the transport section and then I contradict that in the driving section, well, what does that mean, Dee? Can they drive or can't they drive? Well, they've got a limited license. They can only drive 5Ks. Hopefully I would have written that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's about developing that relationship with the assessment officer or outlet so that you can ask and get that insight that you wouldn't normally get talking to the, the daughter or the client or the husband or whoever it is. Um, it's very important to also read between the lines sometimes, look at the health records, look at attachments, really explore the service portal. Don't be in a routine of just checking the assessment, the notes, and that's it. There's lots and lots of detail in the portal in different note tabs, which just explore them all. You can't go wrong. You can't delete things. <laughs> you can't mix, muck it up. So just have a read. You've got the assessment. You've got the referral. Just have a read. Read old notes. Read new notes. Get a better picture of what this client is about because frequently at assessment point they agree to referrals etc by the time the service provider contacts them they've changed their mind they've forgotten they don't understand they're overwhelmed because you've got allied health calling domestic physio their gps calling the geriatricians calling the daughters calling the neighbors calling for christmas they're overwhelmed so they may just turn around and go no i don't want it now yeah. Or call me later and that doesn't work in the system you can't call someone later mm -hmm. if you've got a referral sitting yeah. there I think that's really great to, to hear that and it's really important messaging for service providers. We've obviously done a lot of work over the last few years around the service-specific assessment that happens after the RAS. And so I think hearing you talk about exploring the portal and using all of that information is absolute music to Lisa's ears <laughs> because it has really been a strong focus and it, it helps for so many reasons, all of what you just mentioned, but also not making that, that person go through that same process and that same story again and again, but actually building on what really good information that the RAS has collected. Yeah, and I think it's important for reablement purposes to read between the lines. If this person has been referred for physio three or four times, you'll see it in the care plan you'll see that they've had, you know, spouts of physio and strength building, et cetera, and it hasn't worked. So what is it that this client needs and how are we going to make it work? So reading between the lines, developing that relationship with your um, RAS outlet is very, very important because we go into the home first and foremost. We can see what's happening uh, before anything else happens and, it's usually at a point where they are overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. The, their children um, cannot visit them or their social networks have disappeared. It's, it's so much is happening. It's not just the service. They don't just need their gutters and windows cleaned. Yeah. There's always that little bit more, which comes with a holistic assessment, obviously. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So do we know that uh, yourself and your team are responsible for the assessment process, but how does your role in an episode of reablement, what does that look like once service delivery starts? With Maroondaraz, uh, we try our very best to communicate with the service provider as what the client wants, what we've seen and what our perceptions are of the environment and the person and their support networks. And then we check in probably halfway, so in two or three weeks, and then we keep checking in with the service provider and or client to see how everything's going. Developing that relationship between a service provider therefore works in our benefit as well. So it's not just one mm. way, it's both ways and we can make things happen quicker. But something important to remember is that reablement doesn't have to succeed. It's okay to fail a reablement. It's okay to say the goals aren't met. Yeah. But to do that, you need to build communication. We need to know why it's not met. Yeah. Have they gone into hospital 20 times and it's just not working? Have they, um, is the memory loss progressed so much that it's not working? Have the children taken over? Yeah. And therefore it's not working. What is the reason we need to know? Because they'll want another reablement episode. Yeah. So if we get to the end of a reablement period, what does the discussion with the client look like at the end of that period? Sure. So if it's a positive outcome, then it is a great conversation and it's usually a compliment for the service provider and it's about what they can do now. And if it's a negative conversation, so, you know, not, I, I can't hold on to the rail, I get scared, I fell over, I tripped, I slipped, you know, in the shower, etc. And Lisa was there to help me. I don't think I can do this. I really want Lisa to stay, uh, etc. Then it's about making the, doing the background paperwork within my aged care to make it an ongoing service because the goal has not um, been met. Yeah. So I think what I hear you saying is that in terms of an outcome, you're looking for what has changed in the life of the person since they've accessed that service. Of course, everyone puts it in a different way. I put it as a what can you do and you've put it as a what has changed. Um, it's just a different different language being used, but it's always positive and open-ended. We are waiting for the client's feedback. We are waiting to engage that client. We are waiting to hear their perspective because if we don't, they're not motivated. They're not going to be present. They're not going to open the door for the service provider. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that, um, Dee, when I listen to you talk, you're always kind of have the client at the centre and it's important about understanding their view, you know, their view of their world and, you know, what they might be able to do now as opposed to what they were not able to do previously and, and involving them in that conversation. In terms of referrals for reablement, what do you see as the typical length of time that, we might expect for a you know an episode of reablement what's the turnaround time we generically do three months uh literally in the NSAF when we do the goals and reablement we put in a three-month end date 
Whether or not it happens within the three months is, is another question, but generically we put three months. And obviously you need to take into consideration Christmas and New Year's and Easter and all of that. So, you know, our stats are within the three month range. And most of the time we expect that within the three months, there are phone calls between service providers and assessors and assessors and clients. There's notes, et cetera. What service providers also need to do is not only explore the My Age Care portal, but also put in notes. We don't want to know that you've called the client 10 times, but we want to know significant things. For example, client is staying with their daughter in Geelong for three months during COVID. That would be handy to know. <laughs> um, or they've changed their mobile number because I, as I understand it, assessors can't, I'm sorry, service providers can't change client details. That's okay. Put it in the notes and we will find out a way to fix that. So it's about communication and um, the, within the three months is, is the timeline. Yeah. So I think what I'm hearing you say, and it's probably a good reminder for service providers, you know, where there are, you know, significant changes in the client's circumstances, and sometimes they might be um, significant improvements or perhaps challenges that the client might be experiencing. Correct. And I do believe that service provider portal allows to upload attachments. So we would happily read your care plans and your service plans, et cetera. And that would stop us harassing you via the phone <laughs> and calling you. We can just read your care plan and go, okay, so this is the goal that they've wanted. That's great advice for service providers, Dee. Thank you. So a big shout out there to any service providers encouraging you to share your service-specific care plans on My Age Care, particularly for clients accessing reablement services. Is there anything that we haven't discussed about reablement that you think is really key for the listeners to know and be aware of from an assessment perspective? As I understand it, service providers do not get training on how to use the My Age Care portal. Make <laughs> friends with your neighbour, the service <laughs> provider. Make relationships with your RAS as well, outlets, so that they can walk you through, this is the button, this is where it is, this is how it is, and it will benefit you and your clients. If you put the client at the centre, you will build your networks and mm. it will help in the long term. Yeah, it's a really good point, uh, Dee. And there are resources certainly available to support providers to understand how to use My Age Care. And we're certainly going to uh, list those sites on our, on our website where you can find this podcast. Yeah, that idea of looking not just at how the client interacts in your service, but actually how the client interacts in their life uh, will build a much better understanding and picture of, of what's happening to them and what's important to them. Correct. Having said that practicality, the My Age Care portal is not necessarily user-friendly because it's different for the service and it's different for assessors. It's the same buttons organised differently. So we can still help you. Call your local RAS. They'll help you. Well, I'm sure people will be happy to hear that, Dee. And I think also what we should remember is that uh, the client record in My Age Care, it is 
a, a single record of what is happening with the client. So if there are significant changes in circumstances, um, then that's a really good place for all service providers to share information and keep that information in one spot. I think people have to accept that there'll be two um, databases, the federal database, which is My Age Care, and your own organization's database. You have to accept it. This is the way the world works. Put your daily phone calls and the 500th time the daughter's rung and all of that kind of stuff and re-rostering for this person, et cetera, on your local database. And then occasionally when you do your reviews, when you do your care plans, when you do things that are significant, put it on the federal database. Yeah, that's good advice. Thanks, Dee. Well, Lisa and Dee, that brings us to the end of our two-part discussion of reablement. Thank you both for sharing your experiences and expertise on this topic. And thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, either through Apple Podcast or Spotify, or visit esdt.com.au for all our resources and podcasts. Connecting the Pieces is recorded on Wurundjeri land. The Eastern Sector Development Team acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of land and sea throughout Australia and pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Eastern Sector Development Team is supported by the Australian Government Department of Health and although funding has been provided by the Australian Government, the materials and comments made do not necessarily represent the views or the policies of the Australian Government.